You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lyle this morning. It is 8.05am and we have our next quiz question for today. We're getting heaps of answers and also text messages coming through. We'll read some of those out just shortly. So our next question is, who heard Peter's voice at the door but failed to let him in. Lawson, I said to you this morning, haven't we done that one before, but we hadn't. We've done that similar to that, and we gave that answer away in what we were discussing about mm. a week and a half or so ago, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. So if you're a faithful listener of Faith <laughs> FM, you'll be able to know the answer to this one. Mm, you'll remember that one, hopefully. So who heard Peter's voice at the door but failed to let him in. If you know the answer to that, 0491-064-669 is where you text, state it or star it, whether you want to just play or go in the draw for it. Um, you go in for the draw for Friday, which happens at quarter to nine, and you go in the draw for two books, A Thought um, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, which is the greatest sermon ever preached, and it's the one by Jesus that's recorded in Matthew 5 to 7, and also A Thoughtful Prayer. Um, that is another fabulous book that will help you in your devotional um, time. Once again, the number is 0491-064-669. Hey, we've got some text messages coming through here. Lyle, would you like to read some of those for us, please? Okay, so the first one is from Fracco, who says, Hate speech I do not agree with. I believe Mm. in freedom of speech over the years Faith FM has never used hate speech. And this is really interesting, Fracco, because... uh, this is according to your definition, and I agree. I agree mm. with you. I don't believe that uh, I've never heard hate speech used on Faith FM, but there are a bunch of people out there who have a different definition of hate speech mm. and who would say that you know lots of things that are said on Faith FM are hate speech because we speak against certain things. Mm. So we speak against things that the and Bible according defines to the as Bible. being... Yeah, as yes, the, the Bible says is sinful. That's right. And so when uh, we say, well, that's a, a, a sin, a sinful thing to do. That's a sin to do that. Then there are a lot of people in the world who would say that that is hate speech. So according to your definition, my definition, no, we should never use hate speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you cannot outlaw hate speech without, out, without outlawing freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the very, very slippery slopes that we deal with. Um, and, and, and part of it has come about by, I remember when I was a kid, you know, I was raised on the mantra of, you know, sticks and stones may, may, may break, break my, my bones, bones, but names will never hurt you. Uh-huh. And so my parents always drummed into me, words can't hurt you. Now, of course, words hurt. Mm-hmm. We all get that. Mm. Uh, but it was a really good mantra to raise kids on because it gives kids a certain level of resilience that kind of doesn't exist in a lot of children today where that old mantra from back then has now been done away with. Mm. We, 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 we say the opposite to that mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. And so hate speech kind of pops up everywhere and people get offended and hurt by everything. Mm. And we have the perpetually offended generation. And so, yes, it can create all kinds of legal nightmares. Mm, abs- and, of course, it does away with freedom of speech. Freedom of speech, that's right. I hate, hate speech. Mm-hmm. I detest it. It is the worst thing ever, but there is a cost that comes with having freedom of speech, mm-hmm. and that's one of the costs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for that, with that, Lyle, because that really unpacked it really well. There, Christopher also says there, do you want to read that one for us Yeah, as so well? it's my understanding uh, that abortion is allowed up to full term in China, North Korea, and Australia. Is it true New South Wales is trying to introduce abortion to three months after birth? I have not got any news on this, and I doubt it. 
So this is why. Give me. Let me give you some reasons why I doubt it. I think it would be uh, political suicide to try and bring this through at this particular point. Uh, Victoria is probably the most progressive when it comes to abortion, and I think if my memory serves me correctly, last year or the year before, they had about 250 post birth abortions. Mm, wow. The post birth abortion is where the where the children where the child survives the abortion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they will take the child into another room and wait for it to die, uh, mm. which is pretty horrific. Horrific stuff, yeah. isn't it, uh, really? Anywhere else, I believe in Australia, if the child is born alive during the process of abortion, they then have to give medical care to it. Mm-hmm. Now, it would be a big jump for New South Wales to go from not having post-birth abortions to having three-month post-birth abortions, mm. and I think that that would be just a little bit too much for New South Wales to swallow at this particular point. So, mm. no, I do not have any information on it, and I doubt it. Mm. Hey, look, there's another one here from Suzanne. Great music selection today, Lawson. There you go. You've got a fan out there too with the music no, and we're praising you up. Not- hey, watch out, Shell. <laughs> watch out, Shell. Hey, come, come oh, for your job. oh, watch out. Hey. I'll, t- I'll take the paycheck. No, I'm just kidding. You. No, just she'll, she'll does a great job with her music, and we get the same kind of things. And everyone's encouraging you, which is just fantastic. That's right. Hey, with well, that. when we finished the interview with Jeremy, he said, "Oh, so you guys are you know doing a good job with that shell?" And we're like, "No, we're miserable. <laughs> <laughs> we we miss Shell so much. I mean, you know, we're having we're having a great time, do. but we're Shell to- is just the best. Yeah, like Shell is the really glue that holds us together. Pay. Well, Wayne's I- a fan. Wayne, Wayne's, yeah, Wayne's a fan. He says, good morning. That's right. Good morning, Lawson, brother. Can you text me back the macaroons recipe, please? It sounds awesome. Is Shell's 3.30 show still live today? <laughs> yeah. If so, who is filling in? Is question of the day live? So question of the day won't be live today. Postponed. Postponed. Uh, there will be some great programming, so do tune in at 3.30. And Shell won't be live because she'll probably be asleep by then. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. right, over in the States. And, hey, for the macaroons and recipes, the best way probably is just to listen back tomorrow on the podcast. You know, um, download the Faith FM app if you haven't got it on your phone. Go into the browse then go up into the breakfast show and then go back and you'll actually get all the details because, unfortunately, yeah. we don't have that recipe here. We were following up. I wrote down some of those things but i didn't grab the whole recipe sorry wayne Mm. but yeah that was probably one that jumped out for for quite a few people too especially given that coles has them right at the counters and they're right in our faces and we can make some fabulous ones at home so Mm. yeah just all really good stuff there with that Hey, um, it's come time for our encounter with God time. And of course, we've been unpacking Ephesians 5. And today we're actually looking a little bit on love your wife as yourself, where Paul covers that in Ephesians 28 to 30. But we're going to do something really interesting here. We're not actually going to read those those verses today. We did read them yesterday. We're going to unpack them a bit towards the end. But we're unpacking something that is really significant towards this. And so we're actually going to go right back to Genesis 1 and 2, because it actually filters into this really important, really nicely. We may unpack that even more again tomorrow, but we want to unpack that and also unpack John chapter 17, which is Jesus's prayer. And it's really significant and long, and long, but really important prayer. And so Lyle, do you want to just take it away um, in Genesis chapter one? Of course, Genesis one gives us a general overview of creation. And then Genesis two goes into a lot more specific stuff relating to creation. And the, the verses in Genesis one that, and in two that we're going to look at is Genesis chapter one, verse 
26 to 28. And then we're also going to look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 to 24. Can you read those for us, please? Sure. So Genesis chapter 1, uh, the Bible says here, um, was it starting verse 26? 26. Yep. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I love the way the old King James puts that, the creeping things, the critters. Um, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So let's just unpack that really briefly here before we move into Genesis 2 because it's really important there, isn't it? It says, then God said, let us make man in our image. Yes. So right at the very, very beginning of the Bible, as early in the Bible as you can possibly get, what God is doing is he is introducing us to the concept of the Godhead. Absolutely. 100%. Because it's us. It's plural right there, isn't it? And and you say, well, who was the us? Yes. Right here. And and if you want to know who the us is, you go back to the very first two verses Mm. of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And in the first two verses of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters Mm. and so immediately there in the first two verses you've got two members of the Godhead that are being specifically mentioned you Mm. have God and you have the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. okay so, so so when the Bible begins it begins with the concept that God is more than one God is plural and this is why it's called Elohim you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. And just picking up from that, of course, if we flick over to Colossians chapter 1 mm. uh, very quickly, where the Bible says, because some people say, well, okay, you've got the Father, you've got the Holy Spirit. Where does Jesus come in? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says, referring to Jesus in verse 14, in whom we have Redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, that's by Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created Mm -hmm. by him Mm -hmm. and for him. And he is, this is a key verse in verse 7 then, and he is before all things and by him all things exist. Absolutely, 100%. And my mind also goes to John chapter 1, where it actually says he was in the beginning with God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And then verse 14, he became flesh. That's right there, Jesus himself too. So, um, yeah, just really significant. And that whole us concept is so crucial, isn't it? Because there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit right there in the beginning in Genesis. That's and right. the, and the thing is that, you know, God, because God is love and it's right through the Bible, the thing is that love is, um, not selfless when there's a third 
person to share that with, particularly when, um, you know, a couple actually have children, to actually then share that love between, bet- between you and yourself and then the next person. And then when more children come as well, it's that whole selfless love picture that already comes here in Genesis chapter one, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because there are different kinds of love. Mm. Um, when you are alone, you can live a very selfish, selfish life. Mm-hmm. And so we can all think back to the point at which we were single, unattached, and living away from home. Mm-hmm. And you get up in the morning and you decide you're going to do whatever you want to do. Mm. And so you can live a very selfish life. And one of the great things about uh, marriage is the level of unselfishness. It drives you to. Mm-hmm. Because now and you have to... And it's got to be so intentional too, doesn't it? Yes, mm. Yes, even even while my wife is away, you know, and I can wake up in the morning like, well, I can do whatever I want today. And then I think, well, you know, I actually need to put that light in the hallway and I need to put the shelves in the kitchen because that will make her happy when she comes home and sees that I've done those particular projects. Mm-hmm. And so even when I have the opportunity, just like, well, I'm just going to go out to the shed and do whatever I want to do today, it's like, well, you know, that comes in. Mm-hmm. You do stuff for her, acts of service, but also on top of that, one thing that you said to us this morning when you came in is, I've spoken to Shell this morning. And so she's first and foremost on your mind too, isn't she? You yeah. rang her and spoke with her over in the US. So that, that time with her as well as the acts of service are significant for her. My, my alarm clock went off. I looked at my phone. Mm-hmm. I called Shell. You know, that's kind of how it goes. Okay, so then you've got, you, you, when somebody else comes in, it, it brings you the next level of love. Now, there's two of you, and uh, if we think back to times, you know, when we've been on dates and we want to have some couple time. Mm-hmm. You know, couple time is always really nice. Mm-hmm. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to have couple time. Yeah. But have you ever been one of those dates where you've been having couple time and suddenly a third wheel turns up? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a frustration, right? It's like, no, we just want to spend time with each other. Mm-hmm. That was me in the breakfast uh, show studio for like the last three years, you know, with you and Shell. (laughs) I was, was you know, third wheel and hard, but but loving it, you know, living my best life. I get paid to be here, so why not? Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so this is where this is where the next level comes in. So now you want to have some couple time, and it, there's self sacrificing love that comes in mm. with two couples. But when the third wheel turns up, it takes a lot more sacrifice to put the smile on your face and welcome them to be you know mm-hmm. a part of your date mm-hmm. that you're having that special time with. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is what it's a little bit like having with when you have children because you're having couple time as couples and then you have children and now you have permanent third wheels that are never going to go away. away. For the next 20 years, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. are not going away. And uh, to experience the next level of self-sacrificing love, mm-hmm. you've got to have not just one, not just two, but three. Mm, that's right. And and the, and the more children you have, you've got to be even more greater with the self-sacrificing. Yes. Hey, some families have seven or eight children or even more in that space. Yes. And yet you've got to be sacrificing that. And yet at the same time, having that time for you as a couple, but that doesn't mean you're being selfish in that space. It's actually about healthy 
self-care time so that you can give and be more sacrificial in that space then to the children and then also grandchildren when they come along as well and so there's that that picture of God right there isn't it and I love too when we come back to these verses as well that's not just you know where God says let us make man in our image and that he created them in his own image male and female so what we see here is that they both receive a divine equal blessing from God both of them wasn't isn't one over the other they're both actually equal here in this space let's now go to genesis and this, this is important because i just want to i just want to highlight before we go to genesis there's a couple mm. of important things here i want to highlight um let us make man in our, our image, image our like mm-hmm. after our likeness let them yep who's the them yeah yeah it's the male and female let mm. them have dominion over the uh, fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle. So you have dominion over cows. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Just in case you're wondering. That's right. The Bible case. says, Danuta, you have dominion over cows. Over the animals. <laughs> but be kind to them at the same and time. Right. And here's the interesting thing. Sometimes people, you know, if they're reading, let us make man in our image, and it says them, they're going like, hold on. It's just had a, a, you know, a singular and then goes into a plural. But the thing is, if you actually go into the Hebrew, that term man is actually... Mankind. Mankind. That's humanity. right. Humanity. So that's yeah. what we've actually got to see as... Okay, let's go... Oh, no, no, you still got another one. Yeah, there's another one. There's another one here. I don't want to go Genesis 2 yet. The Bible says that we are made in God's image. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. What does it mean to be made in God's image? Yes. It means that there is, you know, and we wonder about it. Does God look like us? Does he have, you know, head, hands, feet, you know, et cetera? Well, obviously Jesus does. Yeah. Um, is he a physical being like us with a heart that pumps blood? What does uh, it mean to be made in God's image? Okay. Yes. We don't know everything that yeah. there is to be made in God's image, but there is one thing that we do, do know. know. That's All right. right. Let me let me let me let me jump into because this is this is really this is really cool. God is one God, mm-hmm. right? So we we know this. Mm-hmm. There there is there are divine attributes that have been passed on to humanity. Right. God is one God, mm-hmm. made of three persons. Absolutely. So for God, there is an ability for plural to be so perfectly united, it is singular. Wow, this is that's divine, really powerful, isn't that's it? That's a divine yeah. attribute. Absolutely. It's a divine attribute for plural mm-hmm. to be singular to because be you have three persons mm-hmm. but you only have one God. One God. And one that purpose, is an one attribute, mm-hmm. have human beings being created in the image of God yeah. that has been given to humans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we as humans have that attribute, which is what you see coming through in Genesis 2. Absolutely. Yeah, no, love that. Love that. Are we ready to go to Genesis 2 as well now? Yes. Yeah. And let's go John 1. <laughs> but that is so important because God's attributes, and especially when we come to Jesus, the thing is that, you know, our character needs to be a reflection of God. And right there, through Jesus Christ, that is such, such an important thing, isn't it? Okay. Mm. We're going to uh, go to Genesis 2. And then also John chapter 17. And in Genesis 2 we have verse 21 says, And the Lord caused deep sleep to fall on man, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, and this is really crucial, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24, Therefore man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become. Come here, it says, one flesh. 
one okay, so there we have flesh. There we have two, husband and wife. Into one. Becoming singular. That's right. Okay, and this is one of the points that I think a lot of uh, you know anti-Trinitarian kind of people miss uh, because they say, well, there's only one God, the one true God, and this kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, well, is, is God the Father God? Yes. Is Jesus God? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got more than that. How do you have more than one true God? Mm. Uh, the simple reality is that Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, the Father is God. They are so perfectly united. So not united. That they are... That they act as one, they speak as one, they think as one, they function as one. And if sin did not exist in the human race, that would be our experience in the marriage relationship. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, our next next and last quiz question for today is this. Get ready to text us in on 0491 064 Here's the question. The Philistines hung this king's head in the temple of Dagon, their god. Was it A, Rehoboam? Was it B, David? Was it C, Saul? Or was it D, Solomon? That question again. The Philistines hung this king's head in the temple of Dagon, their god. It's not a great thing to do. Hey, hang your king's head up. Hey, But well, anyway, they, that's right. Up. So the Philistines hung this king's head in the temple of Dagon, their god. A, Rehoboam, B, David, was it C, Saul, or D, Solomon? Text us your answers on 0491-064669. We're continuing on into our study looking at uh, love your wife as yourself into Ephesians. And before we jump into that towards the very end, we're actually ju- we've just covered Genesis chapter 1 and unpacked about how we're created in the image of God and how three are one God the Father, God the Son, the God the Holy Spirit are one. And then also in Genesis chapter 2 where it says they became one flesh when Adam and Eve, she became woman, um, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and they become one. That's why we leave the father and the mother. And so now we're jumping into Gen- John chapter 17, which is the great prayer of Jesus where he actually prays for, for himself, he prays for the disciples, and he prays for all believers. We're actually going to John chapter 17 and verse 9. I might read the first two verses there that we're jumping into and then we start unpacking as we're going. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's like? do it. Let's get into it. Okay. John 17 verse 9 says, I pray for them. This is Jesus' words. I pray for them. This is for the disciples. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and you are mine, and I am glorified in them. Okay, so this is really interesting, this prayer. This is the last prayer that Jesus prays for his disciples that is recorded before he dies on Calvary. Absolutely, yeah, just before Gethsemane and then on the cross. I'm sure he prayed in Gethsemane, but we don't have that recorded. So this is the last recorded prayer of Jesus. This is also the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. It is. And so it's like, all right, why has, you know, clearly this is going to be something incredibly important and Jesus is going to be praying about, you know, the most important thing ever. Mm -hmm. And so he prays and he says, okay, I'm not praying for the world this time. I'm praying for the disciples Mm -hmm. and as my disciples. And as he's praying for his disciples, he makes this, this uh, interesting statement in verse 10, all are my, all mine are yours mm. and yours are mine. Okay, so we get that mm-hmm. because Jesus and the Father, as we have already are discussed, are one. Absolutely. Um, so 
Mine are yours, yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Mm. Okay, so now see what's starting to take place here. Bringing this third You've got this party. unity of the Godhead, mm-hmm. and Jesus is saying, okay, Father, we have a unity together, mm-hmm. and now I am including the disciples, mm. those mm-hmm. who follow Jesus, mm. to be one with us. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of oneness is something that we see take place in the Godhead. It's something we see take place in the marriage relationship, mm-hmm. but it's also something that we see take place in our spiritual connection with God. Beautiful, isn't it? And this is why throughout the Bible our relationship with God is likened to a marriage relationship mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. in a marriage relationship, you know, taking sin out of the equation, Mm. In a perfect world, there is a perfect oneness. Uh, in, in an imperfect world, there is a broken oneness, but there is still a oneness. Yes. Um, and, and that's the important thing there. Well, give us a couple more verses there. Yeah, now I am no longer, verse 11, now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Those verses are really crucial there, yes. that they may be one as we are one. So it's that co, you know, relation, you know, that, that oneness with the Father and with, with Jesus, you know, and, and then also here, it's actually about so that they are one. And that, that whole concept, that's why it is to be reflected in the marriage relationship. That, you know, it's about that whole selfless love. Because Christ is was selfless. He came onto this earth. He came from heaven right down to humanity, to the lowliest of lowest as a slave, and then, of course, died on the cross. But he sacrificed himself. And it's talking here about that whole sacrificial love, that selfless love, and being completely united in every way. I think sometimes you probably find the same, Lyle. Hey, sometimes um, Keith might be saying something. My husband might be saying something. Or I might be saying something and the other one finishes the sentence and you haven't even talked about that particular thing, but you know where it's going because when you live with each other, you actually, that oneness develops so much stronger all the time, doesn't it? And mm. It does. And, and you know, one of the things that, that jumps into my mind right here is that, you know, so often I meet Christians who have this kind of attitude of, you know, if I love God, my relationship with God is going to be something that will take place naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's do, you have be, a, do you have work on your relationship with Keith? Oh, like it's always, it's got to be intentional all the time yes. as our time with God has to be intentional. And the key is, you know, that verse in Ecclesiastes, a, th- a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Christ has to be at the center of our relationship because with sin, it actually is there to pull us apart. The devil wants marriages to fall apart big time. And so right here, that that centeredness in Christ and being intentional about one another and looking out for each other, being kind to one another and looking out for the other's needs more than your own is really crucial, isn't it? That's right. And it's something that you spend time on. It's something that you're intentional about. Yeah. And we, you know, Jesus talks about this oneness mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, okay, Father, you and I are one. May they, the disciples, yes. be one with us. Okay, yeah. if we want to have that experience, then we need to be intentional about that experience in the same way we are intentional with the experience of being one with our spouse. Mm. I remember somebody once saying to me, this was before I got married, they said, you know, I thought married life would be really all romance and really beautiful because like when you're dating, there's so much like that. You only see the goodness and things. But they said, I 
I've realised that it's so you've got to be so intentional in marriage with things. Hey, so jump yeah, down to verse twenty. Yeah. 2021. Verse 2021 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Oh, wow. You're past the churches, right? Yes. <laughs> Our As brain just went. Ex- <laughs> just went to the same space. Okay, the prayer is here that we be that we are one with each other. That we experience with our fellow Christians the oneness mm. that Jesus experiences with His Father. This is what Jesus oh, is praying for. Absolutely. And of course, you know what is it that drives relationships apart? It is selfishness. It is selfishness. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. so this is this is where this whole concept of oneness is something that Paul then taps into in Ephesians chapter five, mm. when he talks about okay the relationship between the husband and the wife, and a very very new concept, you know, in that era where the wife and the children were property, mm-hmm. they were basically they second were class property. That's in, right. in Greco-Roman culture, not in Hebrew culture, yep, but in Greco-Roman culture, that's right. They were somewhere halfway between your slaves mm-hmm. um, and yourself, yeah. um, somewhere in there but was your wife and your children, and your children were kind of like slaves that your wife gave birth to. Yeah, and they could actually punish them and be harsh towards them. It was actually legally right. Yeah. Yeah, which is incredible. And so that's why that's why here with Paul, um, the thing is that with Paul, he actually brings in this radical and important concept. He's just saying, hey, no, it's actually about saying, no, Christ's love for the church is the model for you guys. And in this case, you know, you know, talking about that oneness of God, of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that oneness that they have is crucial. And it's like you say, it is all based on selfishness or selflessness in its own way. And, you know, I think when I was a young person, I was growing up I was such a selfish person mm-hmm. such a selfish person and I had you to keep, can be. Uh, yeah, yeah. and I had to keep bringing it up to God you know and around 15 years of age there was this huge change in my life and so yeah I mean God just transformed me in that space I mean there's healthy selfishness where you've got self-care but overall we've got to be selfless don't we yeah absolutely and- <laughs> I'm going to toss in one last thought go on Christianity invented romance wow it's true, but yeah, no, because it is I will, I will right here up. in the Bible. I will back this yeah, up yeah, because if Bible, you go to cultures today yeah. that have a culture that is similar to the Greco-Roman culture of the first century, which is the culture of the majority of the world, mm-hmm. relationships are something that are, tr- are transactional. And I've been to many mm. cultures today where relationships are still transactional. There is no romance. But right yes. here in Ephesians 5, you not only have great relationship advice, but you have the origins of romance. So Christianity oh, gave romance to the world. There, there you go. it is. Amen to that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're actually going to go through our quiz answers um, to the questions that we've had for today. So the first one is, and there's been heaps coming through and still some just jumping through. Um, so here we go. The first one is true or false. I think Lyle almost gave the answer away to this one. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him watch the news. The answer is False. The answer is ask God for that. And Lyle was snickering and laughing away a little bit if you heard him. And of course, and he's like, ah, oh. so. I don't think anyone anyway, got this one 
gone wrong. If you picked up on that one, of course, the answer is false. James says actually to ask God. The second it, one. By the way, if anyone also, if anyone wants the truth. Yes, ask, ask God. God. Don't watch the news. No, no, that's right. That's right. You never know what comes. Well, it's good to know the news because it's important for us to know. Oh, but that's not where we certainly. get our direction and knowledge and stuff. And, of course, you, you love being a pastor, and Lawson's finding this too with things. But, you know, you and myself, when we actually receive a call in ministry to a certain, to move to a certain place, uh, we always ask God, don't we? That's the key thing. It's not so much what people say. It's actually those moments with God that are really, really important. Hey, our second one is the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer, that's the answer there, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. It is his delight because it's our communication line with Jesus and he wants us to spend that time with him. In Matthew 8, here's our next one. Demons caused the ruin of a herd of what? It was pigs. Pigs, yeah. So, um, Jesus, you know, put the demons from the demoniacs into the, into the pigs and they went over the, over the cliff edge. And, um, yeah, so it was pigs there, not elephants or anything else like that. Who heard Peter's voice at the door but failed to let him in? And that was Rhoda, of course. Peter was, uh, freed. The angels freed him from chains in, in jail and the church, the early church had been praying there for Peter to be released and Rhoda came to the door, heard his voice but didn't even open the, didn't open the door in fact, you know, ran straight back in and didn't, fail to let him in and told, or told the rest of them hey Peter's at the door and so then they went and let him in really but yeah, a that hilarious, was a truly quite, hilarious yeah, story quite amazing. the guy's just been broken out of jail standing <laughs> on the like, street in the open yeah. and the funny thing is you're praying for a miracle Yes, miracle the miracle happens and it's then like, you don't no, believe. <laughs> That's the incredible thing there. The last one, the Philistines hung this king's head in the temple of Dagon, their God. The answer was Saul. Of course, Saul, King Saul's death was, you know, they, they he, his head they actually hung up. They placed his armor at the temple of the gods and they fastened his head to the temple of Dagon. Dagon, of course, the pagan gods. And so, yeah, there's our answers. You go in the drawer for uh, thoughts from the Mount of Blessings and a thoughtful prayer a day. Hey, we've got another text here as well that has come through. Wayne says, I like Faith FM saying, talk faith, act faith, live faith in Jesus Christ. Speech first with reason. If that doesn't work, act, show your speech with actions and live in Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool, Lyle? Yeah, hey, absolutely. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that so cool? Did you come up with those lines? In the early part when you started uh, the the radio station, because it wasn't live until you actually came on board, before it was actually just pre-recorded, wasn't it? But it's actually a really cool line. So that that line became a part of the show about halfway through my time. I was in the the live breakfast show for five years. About halfway through that time, that became a part of the show. And it became a part of the show, obviously because we are Faith FM. Absolutely, yeah. um, But producer Shell can take the credit for that one. Oh, wow. There you She's go. Like, this one is going to fit perfectly right here. Isn't that so and cool? We did it and it did actually fit exactly perfectly. Absolutely in the part of the perfect. And it has stuck so well and people really love it. And of course, we get it with the music jingle right at the end in every way. And so. Yeah, because um, we needed a sign off, you know. Yes. All your shows, they have their unique sign off. And, mm-hmm. and, your, and your, you know, your radio hosts, they all have their own little sort of unique sign off. And we didn't have our own unique sign-off. And, of course, you know, 
Producer Cell is probably the most um, passionate person in Faith FM that there is about Faith FM. She's just so passionate, hey, yep. um, in every way. Next level. I mean, we all love Faith FM, but Shell is next level when it comes to uh, to Faith FM. And uh, and so yeah, she was she was looking around for a sign off. She's like, oh, you got to find a sign off. You got to get a better sign off than what you've got. <laughs> We're going to come up with something right here. You know, something that is distinct and that is memorable. And then she found this quote and she's like, yes. Yeah, fits so, so perfectly well and we love it. And so thanks, Wayne, for actually letting us know too. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. We've come towards the end of our show, Lyle. All too yes, quick again. And I could tell you were hungry just to keep going for more. And I'm just saying I like, want come. another... <laughs> another half hour on that Bible study, at least another half hour on that Bible study. I mean, we, we read, what, four verses out of John 17. I'm like, let's, I do, know. let's do John 17. I and know, then four hey. Verses. Yeah, it all goes too fast, hey. But, you know, that's the way it goes. You can always come back tomorrow, like we said, hey. So. Unfortunately, I will not be here tomorrow. I'll be in, uh, I'll be in a place north of Torrington tomorrow. Yeah, wow. And that is where? Um, in the bush. In the bush, there you yeah, go. In the bush. You're obviously going to preach, so yep. yeah, enjoy that. That's six hours from here. Hey, look, we've got a giveaway. If you just start getting ready, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text for our free giveaway at the end that we've got right now. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Just text in the word book, and you'll get the free book. If you want this, it's called Love Under Fire. This is actually like a a a, a summarize condensed kind of version, complimentary kind of thing of the great controversy so it's not the great controversy but it's a version of an adapted version of that you know we're talking about love towards the end and, and love is under fire in so many ways in rela- relationships all around and so you know this one will actually outline some of the great things that are sweeping around us you know in events in the, the world and how that actually impacts um, how, how Satan has misrepresented God's character of love and he's put love under fire and so just something that you really want to read but how just remember that you know to act faith live faith and sorry live faith and act faith and you will grow strong in jesus christ